0: What what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're you're, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast.
1: Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching.
0: (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of... The Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. I am the host here, Brian McCulloch, and I speak for all of us here at Big Wheel Coaching when I say we're, we are on a journey to determine how we can help all of our athletes get better, stronger, and faster on their bicycles. So we look at all aspects of things and we are fascinated by everything that makes people better on bikes and, and looking at all those things and, We have an interesting topic today, something I've really been wanting to bring to you guys. I'm joined by a former teammate of mine, Sean Wayland, who is pursuing his master's degree in strength and conditioning and owns a company called Simple Fitness by Sean. If you have a chance, please check out Simple Fitness by Sean uh on he's got a great instagram account there's usually funny videos there and i at one point i think he was trying to sell t-shirts about a swole bus or something but maybe we'll get into that (laughs) um so sean uh dude so pro cyclist turned like uh into the meat grinder of uh weight (laughs) lifting weights man this is well welcome to the podcast
0: (laughs) thank you I'm, i'm stoked to be on it and uh yeah, it's been quite quite the journey, I feel like, from, from one extreme to the other. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I'll just give a little background about myself. Um, so I started uh, riding bikes in high school. Uh, during high school, uh, joined the mountain bike team, got plugged in there. Um, I know this is kind of funny, but we, we live in a place with a ton of rattlesnakes. I remember one summer I was riding. There's all these snakes everywhere. I was like, man, I'm, I'm sticking to the road. Uh, Started training on the road and uh, was just like, man, I love the road. I love the speed. Um, And so ended up transitioning, bought my first bike in uh, 2011, my first road bike. And uh, it was next weekend, uh, was out at the first like Ontario Upgrade Series. Um, And then, yeah, just kept grinding away during that time too. Uh, I was pursuing my undergrad um, at CLU. Uh, so for exercise science. Uh, and so I was learning what I was applying uh, and applying in school uh, to my training to just keep getting better and move through the categories. Um, and that's where me and uh, Brian and, uh, and Joy cross paths where I, I remember watching them uh, in the cash call days. Uh, when when did you start that? When, back in the day. Was it 2010?
1: That was 2011. Dude, it may have been 2010. I thought it was 2011.
0: Yeah, dude, those white shorts okay. that
1: we had— not, uh, <laughs> no one was stoked on those. Anyway, i, I digress. I Continue.
0: <laughs> no, I remember because uh, I think it was Devin Dunn, right when he soloed yeah. at a at a Dana Point, and that was—I just remember <laughs> like that was the first. I was like, I want to, I want to be on that team. Um, which is crazy. I remember watching that race on YouTube. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so, and then, yeah, as, as, I moved through the categories, uh, just kept progressing, uh, had tons of support, obviously from, from family and friends and, and, uh, local, some of the bike shops, serious cycling, got to give them a shout out. Um, and, and, uh, Santa Monica mountain cycler and basically kind of worked my way through the categories, just learning. Um, and then I graduated in, in 2014 and that is when, um, uh, Transition to KHS Maxis where I got picked up and I was teammates with Brian and Joy in a Brian, breakaway Brian is what we call him <laughs> for, uh, just crushing it out there. Um, but yeah. And then so after that, I ended up riding and kind of realizing that, uh, I wasn't really ready to pursue that, I guess. Um, and, or I guess didn't want to continue my, the pro path. Uh, so I ended up quitting cycling in 2016, and basically went the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Is just like I'm going to try and get huge, uh, <laughs> and lift weights. Uh, and then during that time, I got my Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist certificate, and then I started my master's uh, at the end of 2018. I'll finish up in August of uh, 2019, and basically just looking to see how you know we can apply strength and conditioning to different sports. To get athletes better at their sport. Just it's a little intro about me. I don't know if I went a little long there, but
1: no, that was legit. That was legit. So we got we got to fill in some holes there for everyone. So the number one is obviously you know elevate KHS Pro Cycling was once uh, Cash Call and then became KHS Maxis. And you and I were teammates for two years. And you had an interesting nickname. And it's really important that everyone understands that because that's going to help understand. <laughs> this path and some of the things we're going to talk about. Right. So, so they used to call you Shonky Kong. Right. So like kind of like donkey Kong and for, for everyone at home that didn't play donkey Kong video games when they were young, you got to know like donkey Kong was like huge, just huge, massive, (laughs) muscular, like, you know, that 800 pound gorilla. And here was Sean riding this like, it looked like a bear on a tricycle. Cause how tall are you? Yeah. I swear that you're like seven foot tall.
0: I'm like six. I don't know. I the last time I was at the doctor, they said I was like six two. But usually I've been like six six two six three. Um, and then like racing weight was I fluctuated between like one ninety eight at my very lightest to like two o four. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> probably the biggest <laughs> biggest semi pro <laughs> or you know biggest rider out there on the, on the national races yeah. pretty close. I guess yeah. Tom Zirbel is up there too, but
1: well, and yeah. I think that's important, right? So that's really why I, I think this particular component is, is great for us to go over because what we're going to go over is we're going to, we're going to talk to everyone about strength training for endurance cycling or rather we're just going to call it cycling okay so the reason why we're saying endurance cycling is because uh the literature that we've been reading and studying for this is is that's how it characterizes our our type of bike riding is endurance riding as opposed Mm -hmm. to something like track cycling right and so Mm -hmm. what's interesting to to me is kind of the there's there's two parts of what we're going to talk about right there's that the culture piece of weight training and what kind of taboo has been associated with that from both a coaching perspective and an athlete perspective. Okay. And then there's now what is the evidence based component, which is new, newer evidence showing that strength training is in fact, a particular type of strength training, which we'll get into is really, really powerful for cycling as a whole. And it's so good to hear this because, you know, like you and I've been talking about offline and everyone who listens to this kind of knows we went to the training peaks, endurance coaching summit, and we had the opportunity to, to sit in on a, on a seminar with uh, a woman named Jess Daniels. And she was really, um, or she Jess Elliott, I forget. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. She had, she was talking about some of these concepts and, and it really got me thinking. So that was, got me going on this deep dive, and. Then thankfully, a a post from you came up on my Instagram that was like, I wish I did these things when I was a cyclist. And I was like, why have I not called Sean Sooner? Which, you know, A, your dear friend of mine on the team, and I just, we had so much fun together traveling and racing together. But like to rekindle that and to see where you've come in your educational background and how that specifically applies to cyclists is like, oh, I'm so excited to introduce all of our listeners to you because you can chart the path, right? You know the path, you know what it's like to be dropped. Whereas so much of what we've been talking about, at least when I've been talking to strength and conditioning coaches and other people that have a strength and conditioning background, they're not cyclists. So when we talk about things like getting dropped or climbing, doing extended climbing or this, that, the other, their general feedback is like, well, you just need to be stronger. Who cares if you put on mass? Like you look, you look awful, you tiny little cyclists, you little puny pipsqueaks, yeah, yeah right? And 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 yeah. you know, you know, you're like, oh wait, wait a second. I've been, I, I've been dropped before. I don't want to do that, right? Like that, that it's yeah. not a group ride anymore. Once you're not a part of the group, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been on both sides of the spectrum of, you know, like I remember I told one of my friends at one point, like. I was like, if I could cast my arms to get muscle atrophy so I could get smaller, I would do it. Like This is during my cycling days, you know, just, you know, so I know what it's like to be, Hey, like, I don't want to be bigger. I don't want to put on any more mass. Like I want to be as small as possible. Um, and then on the flip side, like I've now it's like, I know, you know, well, I want to be as big as possible and as strong as possible. So, so I understand that, uh, you know, that hesitation. Um, because, you know, ultimately the, the strength and conditioning coach like is, is not to, and I know we were talking about this the other day is not to put what our personal goals onto other people. It's to make them use the tools that we have to make them be the best that they can at what they want to be, you know? And in this case, you know, we're talking about cycling. So I'm, you know, the goal is not to transform people into, well, yeah, like you said, well, you just need to get bigger and stronger. Well, I don't want to get bigger and stronger. I want to get smaller and faster. And so we're, you know, the plan is to support that in whatever tools you're using.
1: And when we're talking about that plan, I think we need to talk specifically yeah. about what, yeah. okay, where, let's set the table a little bit because we've got sure. to talk about a very specific type of weight lifting that we're talking about because in the past, like when I, you know, back before I was a coach and when I was having coaches help me, it was, you know, the, the, the plans in the strength component were this, you would go into the gym and it was only in the off season that you went into the gym and there was usually you were in the gym for three months maximum. There was an adaptation phase, there was a build phase, and then there was a small maintenance phase. And it was usually like we did everything, nothing was under 15 reps. Everything was over 15 reps because the idea was, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get big. And and the funny thing about it is looking back at it now, looking back at it now, like I, I I have a mesomorph body type. Like I always put on weight like that. I I just look at, I just think about doing pushups and my arms are getting swollen right now. Right. And so, yeah, it was interesting to think that, that, That's what we were, a lot of people were doing at that time, because that was traditional knowledge is that, okay, we need to build bone density because we're obviously on a non-impact sport. And, you know, there was kind of some trade-offs there, but here we are now coming into 2020 and there's some new research, maybe it's not new research, but it's just gaining momentum in this research Mm -hmm. that it's like, Hey, wait a second. There is a way to develop muscle recruitment, i.e. power and strength here, listen up, everybody who's listening. Increase power and strength without increasing mass, and to do that in a very, uh, what I would say, a minimal time investment is probably what the way the the way that I would put it is that mm-hmm. is that fair to say, Sean?
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, two usually about two sessions a week. Um, some like some of the literature goes up to three, uh, but most of it's yeah, right about two sessions a week, and you're only doing you know the few exercises that are going to transfer obviously initially you have to build well first first of all we'll address a few things the as far as the, the the volume like you said you would go in and do 15 plus reps you're across all rep ranges like when you're lifting you're going to get some emphasis on muscle hypertrophy now what how much is going to depend how long the frequency of training the volume of training Um, and so that's where we're coming in and we go, okay, well, we need to put enough volume in so we get people ready for the strength power component without adding obviously a ton of mass. And if there is some, a little bit of mass that that mass, especially like if, you know, some, some change in maybe body composition, especially in the lower legs or, you know, glutes, quads, hamstrings, can we transfer that small increase in muscle mass there to a larger increase in power or efficiency, which makes you faster on the bike to a more, to to more than offset that gain. Cause there, you know, there is no, like there's definitely programs, like you said, I mean, people, anytime you lift weights, that's, that's one of the, you know, hypertrophy, but I think people think that they're going to get huge by touching a weight. And, uh, and I think that's, especially when you're concurrently training. So concurrent training, meaning, you're undergoing endurance training in conjunction with strength training. It it very much mitigates that hypertrophic response. So where you're not going to get huge.
1: When we say hypertrophy, what we mean is growth of the muscle. Okay. And
0: what, what, of the what we're talking about. Exactly. Ab-
1: exactly. So, so just, I want to make sure everyone's at home following us and like, you know, I'm kind of like dumb, like the Barney, the purple dinosaur. So I like, keep it real simple, you know? So what, what I think (laughs) of is like, okay, people don't want to gain size, right? But they want to gain strength. So that's where, what we're talking about and you have been studying specific ways to do that. And particularly, I thought it was really good that you brought up that component of, hey, as a strength and conditioning coach, it's not my job to, to put my coaching goals onto you. Right. And so that's that I think of that all the time as a coach. Just because I'm a pro cyclist doesn't mean that I need to train everyone else like a pro cyclist. That doesn't make any sense. It would mean that I'm not listening to what's their, their needs are. So that's a really fresh way of looking at, because not everyone, I don't want to overgeneralize, but many of the strength and conditioning coaches that I've talked with, they kind of have that. That mentality where it's like, oh, you wee little guy, you need to put on some weight anyway. Come on, you know. And I'm like, well, hey yeah. guys, actually, I'm you know on my team, I'm one of the bigger riders, and it, they're like, what? That like blows their mind. I'm like, you got to think about who we're who our audience is here, right? Like, cyclists are the you know on average, they're just the smallest version of their frame type that they can be, right? That's that simple, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about strength training. I mean, we kind of talked about strength training where we alluded to strength training doesn't have to mean bulk. Okay. But mm. what, how can you get strength without bulk? Because I think that's really important that people so, understand that there's a difference. What does that look like to people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the, you want ideally a lower volume. So you're doing not very many exercises for not very many sets for not very many reps. Um, at a at a heavy weight at a high load, and then with a longer two to five minute recovery period. Now, initially, and I think this is where kind of I guess we'll we'll get into the progression is, um, you know, initially that might not look. You have to go through. I guess, and for those of you who have have gotten the first uh, the the version of the of the program we we put together is you'll notice you'll be like, well, this isn't like three to five reps. And there is some five rep stuff in the second month, but initially we do have to get that, that adaptation and transition to build enough volume to springboard off of to, to strength train. Um, so we're kind of, I guess in a sense that the first month is kind of laying that foundational base of like, Hey, getting used to the exercises, getting used to it, building enough volume to then springboard where we keep cutting exercises, um, especially throughout the competitive season and keep loading them higher and higher and then transition to like a speed component of the movement. Um, but that, but that muscle growth response is, is in comes, uh, mostly like ideally or to grow. That is, is sets of, of eight to 12, 12 to 15, uh, multiple sessions a week. And you're doing a lot of, a a large number of exercises. And so I know like red flags, people are going to, if you see the program, you're like, well, wait a second. There's, in this first month, there's, there's eight, there's sets of eight and sets of 10. Yes. But initially a large proportion of, of the growth in the, in the strength gains comes from the neural adaptations. And that is what, and the neural adaptations is what we want to foster throughout. And that's what the goal is with the strength training is to maximize muscle fibers that can be activated, um, and used to convert to power and performance on the bike. Uh, and so that's the goal is not, uh, initially the, the first month, like I said, the volume is probably going to be the highest you'll see. And then as it progresses in the season and we refine more and more, it's going into less and less exercises, longer reps, um, and it's it's not going to be very taxing in the sense of training for strength feels a lot different. So you get in. I mean, you might do you know, like I said, three three sets of five uh, heavy squats uh, with three minutes rest in between. Uh, maybe an assistance exercise, so something like you know, like the step ups, um, maybe some calf raises, and then and then you're out for that session. You know, it's very quick. And, and then the focus, you know, obviously during that time in the competitive season is is on the bike, and this is to support that, to get those neuromuscular adaptations to transfer to the bike without putting on a bunch of mass that's not going to be useful to getting you faster on the bike. And to
1: back up yeah. a little bit for everyone at home, yes. this there's there's a couple of things that I want to touch on that are going to clear up some confusion in what Sean's saying, okay? Number one… Uh, for some people listening are going to know this. Uh, we have a little beta test group here at Big Wheel Coaching. Uh, there's about 20 of our athletes uh, between Coach Joy's athletes, my athletes, uh, Coach Brady and Coach Leo's athletes that were testing this strength training program. And and we contracted with Sean to build us a training program. So when he says the training program that people are talking about, that's that's what he's referring to is the one that, that we contracted with him to put together to get everyone through the offseason.
0: Is that secret? <laughs>
1: No, it's not secret. It's good. Oh, okay. It's good. Cause we want oh, okay. every, I want everyone to have okay. it. I do want everyone to have okay. it. But the reason why it's in a, in a beta session is, is, is not because of Sean's expertise. It's in a beta session because the, the platform in which we are bringing it is a sister company to training peaks. And there's uh, a steep amount of learning curve in my technological ability to deliver that. So the reason why we're, we're doing it a little old school and keeping it close to the chest is because we want Everyone to be able to have access to the program, but also if they maybe need to talk to you or or whatever, rather before we kind of get it bulletproof to where it goes out to everyone. So uh, I don't want I don't want to get too far down on that. But what I want people to understand is there's. There's a base period here where just like anything else you kind of got to ride your bike a lot to be able to be like, "Oh, okay, well I understand cadence. I understand what it means to pull through the bottom of the pedal stroke and go over the top and be clipped in and do all these things and all of those things take time to do and that's what we're talking about in this this introductory phase to strength training. At a more broad mm-hmm. picture, what we're talking about is getting past that and then going to mm-hmm. like you said, lifting heavy weights in low rep ranges, in, low, in, in only a few sets, and key to that, what you said was, with a large amount of rest. And what's particularly important for me to convey to everyone here listening at home about this research and, and what we're talking about is this is going to look and feel very different than what I just described to you before And even what I prescribed for some of my athletes for strength training in the past, which was, hey, don't waste your time at the gym. Superset, go out there and do a core exercise and a leg exercise, pick a back exercise and a chest exercise, Mm -hmm. do all these things so that you can make the most of your time. That looks very different than what we are doing. And that's where I want to come back to what Jess Elliott said at the uh, Endurance Coaching Summit was she said, hey, you guys do. So you guys quote you cyclists, uh, shall we say, cyclists do low reps, or excuse me, low weight, high reps in your sport. So why on earth would you go to the gym and do the same? And it was like, yep. hit me like a ton of bricks when she said that. And that's what's led us to this conversation now to where I can fully flesh this out with you and share it with everyone to go, wait a second, there's something to be said here about having something completely different a completely different stimulus. And I want you to talk about why that stimulus is effective and why the rest is particularly important because I want people to understand that what we're asking them to do, okay, we're asking you to understand that strength training is not a build a sweat angel workout, right? Like there are plenty of people mm-hmm. that are going to spin classes and they're going to other things. And and this that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about building strength going to the gym to lift heavy things that's a very different workout than going to you know cardio blast anything right like this is not yeah. what we're doing at all so so help help mm-hmm. set the table for us Sean so that everyone knows what we're talking about specifically.
0: Yeah so I mean when you're when we're doing heavy strength training, uh, the goal is is that maximal, Effort and recruitment of the muscle fibers that you aren't using basically in cycling most of the time. So, a lot of times you have, I mean, so there's in simplicity terms, you have, like everyone knows, the type one, the aerobic kind of muscle fibers, type 2A, type 2X, and the type two are like the fast twitch. Well, you have type 2X muscle fibers, which uh, basically aren't really used. And so, we're trying to get those converted to. The more aerobic usable type 2 a um, and basically get that neural recruitment to increase strength so now every pedal stroke too, instead of you know at a certain gearing you're putting you know I don't know say twenty percent of your maximal effort muscle well now that's only fifteen percent and and translating that to to that ability to one generate more power on sprints. Hopefully increase cycling economy. So less oxygen cost, um, at a given workload, uh, increase hopefully like lactate threshold. There's some interesting, some stuff there or time trial performance. So that's the goal, but the training itself is going to feel nothing like aerobic training. And I think that's, um, because we're training and metabolically, we're training the ATP PCR system, which is. You have very limited, it's between five to 10 seconds, usually maybe 15, or it's maximally activated um, and getting that neural recruitment of those muscle fibers. Um, but then the recovery period for that is is usually, I mean, max, usually I think it's, I forget the exact percentages within about two minutes. And then every, it increases kind of, it's got like a rapid return to about half full I guess about two minutes and then maximally at eight minutes. So the sweet spot to be in is between two and five minutes, depending on, on the weight, uh, the exercise, kind of what you're doing. Uh, so those breaks, it's going to feel, you know, a, a 15 second or 10 second, uh, set for say squats and max effort is not, you're not going to finish and be gassed out of breath. Um, and so you're going to feel like you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm ready to go again. And the goal is to wait, (laughs) so it it will feel. You might feel initially, you know, uh, as as it gets, you know, like I said, as we progress to that more strength power, it'll feel like you're compared to what you're used to for aerobic training. It won't feel like a workout. Uh, It's a, and so you have to understand. It's like no, it's okay. Like I don't have to be breathing heavy, uh, because like I'm doing this right. Because if you rush it, you're not. You kind of start going down that metabolic, the power uh, during each set's going to drop. And that's what we don't want. We want to hit it maximally. And then we want to get out of the gym.
1: And that so. is so important to what we're talking about. Like you said, we want to hit it maximally yeah. and get out of the gym. So let's take a moment there and let's talk to actual implementation. Okay. One, one of my initial hesitations as a coach was when when... And I should say as a coach and an athlete, okay, so over the years, a lot of people went away from going to the gym for the reasons I previously stated, because it was like, well, we go to the gym for three months and you lift a bunch of weights and, and you know, you usually get a little bit bigger and then you're going to try and convert that to cycling strength, right? Well, you know, okay, there's there's probably people that could argue that with me that like, hey, I still should have done that. Okay, but I didn't because in Southern California, that's Grand Fondo season and that's when the weather's the best, and I'm not and I want to ride my bike, right? Number one, I'm a professional cyclist, I want to ride my bike. Yeah. As a coach, I want my other athletes to ride their bikes because A, they have time, B, it's nice weather. Not everyone we coaches in Southern California, but a lot of people are. And so yeah. the 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 thought there was that it was very easy to go away from that. So when we're talking about strength training, okay, the traditional path was strength training was your workout for the day. And when it was your workout for the day, that meant surprise no bike riding for that day. Okay. So now if you were, let's just say you are master's aged cyclist, you're 35, 45, 55 and have a job and kids and all this stuff, maybe you're only riding four days a week and then the the light goes away. So daylight savings time comes back. And then now all of a sudden I'm saying, Hey, I need you to go to the gym two to three times a week. Well, now you're only riding on the weekends and maybe once during the week, like, That was very, very ineffective because the amount that it took to build back the aerobic side of the equation was so substantial, it wasn't effective, okay? So now Mm -hmm. let's go back to where you were talking about what you said was it's a very focused and effective workout when done properly, okay? What that means Mm -hmm. now is because it's not taxing the aerobic system – listen up, everybody, this is very, very important – because it's not taxing the aerobic system – you can do concurrent training, which is what you said was doing strength and endurance, okay, which what that means is, in effect, and what, what I've charged Sean with um, as, a, as a task is to build both a gym-focused workout and a weight training, a, a body, not necessarily body weight, but a home program because you do need the weights to be able to lift heavy stuff, okay. Uh, and to get mm-hmm. the benefit of this not not in every movement, and we 'll talk more about that later, but the reality was it 's only going to take thirty to forty five minutes in the morning to do this, and then you really only but depending on what literature you read, you only need about six hours' gap, and then you can do another workout so for those of you at home that are saying, "Well, geez, if I take brian Brian saying, "Hey, I need to do two to three times a week in the gym well what 's that going to take away from my riding Well practically. What this looks like, and this is, again, why I'm so excited to bring this to everybody, is because we've been working really hard at finding a solution that's practical that will help you. And this particular type of lifting is practical, not just because it doesn't build muscle mass, okay, substantially. It builds, It is can be done within reason in your own home or with limited access to a gym, okay? And a lot of people that we coach and we work with have access to a gym, Right. And right now it's very reasonable to get access to a gym these days. I think joy just started and it's like 15 bucks a month or less, something like that. So it's very, it's not cost prohibitive. Right. And so if you can go to the gym two days a week in the morning before you go to work, right, on your way to work or even at your lunch break, boom, maybe even some people have a a gym at their work. Okay. They bust out a lunch workout because it's only 30 to 45 minutes and it's not terribly taxing. Okay? It's not like you're going to get all sweaty and, and have to then take a shower and do all these things. right? You're going to lift some heavy stuff. You're going to take some long breaks. And then you can go ride your bike in the afternoon. So that means we are no longer having to give up that aerobic base that people have come to, that they work so hard for. Part of the biggest challenge of being a, a cyclist was and is you build fitness, build fitness, build fitness, build fitness, but you can't keep it forever. Right. And so what we're trying to come up with is ways that also help you build your fitness, but also don't erode something in the process. And so I think it's a very reason this particular type of training that we're talking about is very beneficial. We've seen gains through, depending on what literature you're talking about, like as much as 7% increase just by adding it over eight weeks, right? Like that's a pretty, if your threshold is 300 Watts, that's 21 watts increase, right? Just for going to the, adding yeah. two times a week at the gym. That's pretty reasonable. And and by the way, you don't have to sweat that much. Like that's not bad, right? So I, I want everyone to think that this isn't just some literature that we picked up off the floor and we're like, hey, let's come talk about this. This is like, I've, everyone here at Big Wheel Coaching and, and through you, Sean, and we've had some other friends like Chi um, at Outdoor Fitness Coach and some other folks that we've really talked to about this. Have really helped us narrow this down into something that is practical that can help people this off season and make sure that their 2020 is off the charts. Because again, at Big World Coaching, we believe, we truly, truly believe this, Waylon, and this is why we wanted to have you here. Is like I believe human potential is immense, and we just have to tap into it, and we have to help people get get more from themselves because they're capable of it. And and I think this is a very, very important thing that can help them achieve
0: that. Like we talked about, you know, this this is just another tool, and this is another a few percentage points we can add on the board for a cross. You know, just like you know, okay, you got the the aerobic training which you guys got down. You know, the nutrition side, eating enough. You know, this is this is another avenue to make those that extra those extra gains on the bike, Um, and yeah, and I think and you know we're we're looking to implement this across across the year you know not just uh cuz i think that's one of the issues too with in the past with a lot of the research and stuff is that people will implement some sort of strength training program in the off season and then just stop well strength strength doesn't last forever so you have to insert some sort of maintenance and this is where i think you know like we talked about the a lower volume program is going to maintain strength throughout the year it's going to not be super taxing to where it's interfering with the bike you know this is supporting uh the time on, on the bike um and it allows to progress throughout the year and i think that's that's the the key factor of of this is too is is that long-term you know development of of like we're looking to go past we don't want to just implement this for you know a couple months and then it's just gone and then you start out from scratch basically the next year the the goal is to use this to be better on the bike not to get you guys, not to get anyone better at lifting weights. Cause I know, um, you know, I, yeah, I didn't care about, you know, lifting weights and so when I was on the bike. And so it's like, but if, if I knew like, Hey, I'm going to get 5% from this. Yeah. I care about lifting weights now, you know, but we want to design, you know, a program where it, it complements the cycling and enhances and is not detracting and taking away time from, you know, the training on the bike and the enjoyment of the bike, because a cyclist, you love, you know, everyone loves, wants to be on the bike riding because it's fun. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, you know, to see how this grows and evolves throughout, you know, the, the training year.
1: That's excellent, Sean. I'm so glad you brought all that up. So I I wanted to add just a little bit of layer of the science because to a lot of people listening, this is going to be fairly new material. It's probably not new for everybody because there are some people that we do coach and listen to this podcast that have a strength training background and they're going to be like, duh, Brian, I've been telling you this, but this, this might even be a little bit of a spin on it for them. But there's a lot of people that don't have any strength training background at all, or maybe, maybe they're in their forties now. And the last time they've done strength training was when they were in high school, college. Okay, so we're trying to put something together for everyone that looks, we want it to be individual for them, individualized for them, but keep in mind that the majority of our athletes are people that are over 30, okay, and people that have their primary, primarily cyclists, and from there, they even more, they probably haven't been to the gym in a while, so that's kind of generally so it doesn't matter if you're an endurance mountain bike racer it doesn't matter if you're a cyclocross racer it doesn't matter if you're a crit racer stage racer uh, grand fondo person it doesn't matter none of that matters this is all useful and all relative to all of you so um, yep. speaking of those percentages I want to to go over some of the some of the science for you and and Sean was so good at going over a lot of the the material and sharing it with me because I, I've got I've I've gone over some of it, but to be candid, like some of this, the white paper stuff, I just need to boil it down to what is useful to our athletes because some of it is just coming from a strength training background. And and you've really helped with that. And I appreciate that, Sean. So you've sent over a review from the Scandinavian, geez, let me try that again. The Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science in Sports. Okay. So those Scandinavian folks know a thing or two about this. So. There's a review called optimizing strength training for running and cycling endurance performance. It's called a review. Okay. And, and there are some important pull quotes from that that I thought was really important because it, it really nails into what we're talking about. And one of those things that we were talking about was this was focused on endurance training as a whole. So it meant runners and cyclists. Okay. And the really fascinating component of it is that they studied and found that in runners, that plyometrics and lifting heavy, so what we'll call heavy lift strength training, okay, that those two things were most important to building running economy, okay, improving running economy, but that for cyclists, they could drop the explosive movement, which we'll kind of generally think of as things like um, plyometrics and things like that. But at the very end, there's like a little sentence. There's just one little sentence. And this is where I want want you to help give us some extra understanding, Sean, was that at the very end of this whole review, after I read it, it was like, oh, and by the way, in-season cyclists should go from two to three times a week down to one, and then probably add some explosive stuff. So I thought that was really interesting because, well, obviously, there's a there's a dichotomy there. Cyclists and runners are different, right? And we need to train differently. So let's talk through a little bit about that in this particular review and what how that influences us as cyclists and, and how what kind of gains we can get from going to the gym and lifting heavy.
0: Yeah. Well I mean and I think I think the the strength is obviously has to be developed before power, right? Because power is is velocity times force. So the goal with, with the training in general is, is low, obviously max strength. So weight, speed, moving slow, you're using really heavy loads, but also, um, that high velocity movement and explosivity. And I think that's where, too, including plyometrics is a good tool. Um, depending on, you know, and like we said, a lot of this goes to depending on how advanced how comfortable people are with different exercises, um, The loading you can use so i think plyometrics are are a great way to get that uh that velocity and still that max effort uh so max effort but just a higher speed of movement right because you're like instead of you know doing a heavy squat and you know struggling you know as you come back up this is you're exploding you're still produce you're still uh, activating those higher level motor unit and muscle fibers to produce that movement and so They complement each other and so really want you want both the base of that power and a lot of that too i think will be good we could talk more about this in the future of of integrating you know like sprint training in conjunction with that max training doing repeated efforts to get that you know integrating so power off the bike power and strength off the bike to practicing it on the um in the sprints and kind of doing that that translation but yeah you you know there's not like we said, a lot of, a lot of the research is, is done, you know, for a few months at a time. And it's kind of like they'll throw a training program. And, and all the programs look way different. And they might be measuring all sorts of different things in different populations. And so now it's like, you know, we're, we're kind of going, okay, so there's efficacy here. You know, these are what were the primary focuses, like we said, strength and power. But then how now do we implement that throughout the year? without just, you know, just one doing one thing. And then, you know, you progress for a month or two or three. And then if you stayed on the same thing, you're not really gonna keep progressing. Um, and so that's where, you know, just like you switch the training program up for cycling, uh, that's the the strength idea. The focus is gonna be similar uh, throughout the year, but it, the program's gonna slightly training that max strength and power uh, and that, like I said, it's going to shift throughout the year. Like in the off season, uh, maybe you know, add another strength session. You know, so maybe two to three, uh, and then focus more, you know, on, on the max strength, and and then it, you know, because you blend in the power. I guess is what I'm I trying to say. Is from you want to build up strength and power, plyometrics. I mean, strength is the focus, but then, like you said, you know, you throw in. Well, you need a a little bit high velocity movements too, and I think that's where you know phases of development: general strength, specific strength, or max strength, strength power, kind of throughout. And so, like I said, this this initial one program we include some plyometrics. Uh, a lot of it is done body weight, and I think we want to touch on that. Uh, you know, body weight uh, for people that right now that don't have that have limited access, maybe have a few dumbbells. Um, so the plyometrics are a great way to. Obviously, we have the strength component too. Following but we wanted to get, especially for those who don't have necessarily maybe a loading, a good start getting used to that explosive and higher velocity movement in conjunction uh, with that strength. There's
1: so much good stuff in what you said there. Do we have to have a gym? Do we not have to have a gym? Is there only, you know, are there certain movements that we really, I mean, we're talking about 30 minutes of movements, that means we're very, very specific on the work we're gonna do while we're there. Does that require us to have a gym? Does that mean that we have to have certain, our gym has to have certain equipment? What's that look like?
0: Yeah, I mean, so as far as as loading exercise, body weight is is always a great start. Um, But eventually, or, you know, a lot of people are already past where, uh, you know, doing body weight squats is really going to, they can do, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, standing there and that, and we don't want to do that. So once body weight is good up until the point where, you know, we need to increase load because the only other way to make body weight movements harder is to increase the rep, which over the long term is not, is not the the goal, right? We're trying to go heavy. So that said though, you don't, you don't need a bunch of equipment. And that's why I said like plyometrics are good for that, that maximal effort and activation um, for body weight, but ultimately like some, some heavy dumbbells or something that's that is going to train, and it doesn't have to. Obviously, like I think squat is a great movement. Some people, if they have some issues going on, can't perform the squat, knee pain, back pain, whatever. You know, there's the leg press. Uh, so, so eventually, body weight is always is great to start and is a good jumping off point, but uh, but definitely need to uh, to branch off once once strong enough where. You know the rep ranges are way too low, I guess, for making where the body weight is not going to feel body weight's not going to be uh, taxing uh, during that those strength uh, sets. And so, so progressing into yeah, like a gym. Um, I know one of the things, like you know, movements the movements are going to focus on. Uh, Ankle extension, knee extension, hip extension. So, the big muscles, you know, for cycling are calves, uh, quads, hamstrings, glutes. Uh, so, any any activity, obviously, we want to load some of them, like like squats or leg press. Uh, you can load a lot heavier uh, than when you go to maybe single leg exercises. Um, so that's kind of like you have the, you want to say the the meat and potatoes of those going heavy and then you might have an assistant exercise uh such as you know a single leg split squat or uh single leg leg press uh so combining those two to really get that that sport specificity too of transfer right because you're only you know you're only pushing down and on one pedal at a time i mean at least for the concentric actions obviously you're pulling up but um uh, So utilizing that that specificity of movement, we wanna select a lot of movements that are gonna mimic that. Uh, So like I said, lunges, split squats, leg press, single leg leg press, uh, and then obviously like squats. Um, But we definitely wanna choose those heavier compound movements so we can load them heavy enough for that that strength uh, component. And then also on the flip side though, you can also use those Lower reps to get that velocity, such as you know, in the body weight as the plyometric. Um, But I think I think you definitely can only get so far with body weight um, before before you 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 have to load you know the exercises more when the person's ready to do so um, because you're you're gonna really hit the wall and go into basically you don't want to do a bunch of a ton of reps like we said we're trying to avoid tons of volume um and so so yeah body weight is good up until until uh that point when you need to start loading the movements because they're not uh, challenging enough
1: good easy money man so so the deal is start there and as soon as i can tell you the people listening at home they progress quickly there's no doubt yep. I like everybody who's listening they work hard there's no lack of work ethic they will progress quickly so at some point, they're going to want to look into what options are available to them to have equipment to support what they need to do. And uh, and that's part of the reason why we've looked at uh, partnering with Train Heroic, which is a sister company to Training Peaks, because they have video support that allow people to be able to do things like assess and view what the proper form is for these. Because as you've said, we really... We really want to get proper form and that's super important. And maybe just yes. Waylon, will you, will you touch on the importance of form as we start loading movements? And by loading movements, yeah. what we mean is adding significant weight. Cause that's what we're talking about lifting heavy stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're calling loading movements. So when we start getting into loading movements, we really have to have our form nailed down. So maybe you will uh, yeah. share with us why that's so important.
0: Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, that's part of. the the initial program is to build, get familiarity with the exercises and also, yeah, loading I think you wanna we I mean the focus is on loading, but the goal is not to to load to the point where form becomes bad. Because we're trying to practice good movements that'll translate and activate, you know, the correct musculature so it transfers without getting you know, the last thing we want to do is is get an injury. Um so, you know, oftentimes like RPE on you know the first training plan is not, it's usually it's reps in reserve, and it's a marker and it's like I said it's we've kind of had our discussions on that in the past, um, but the goal is not to go, never to go to failure, uh, at least with what we're doing now, and and stay to where your form isn't deteriorating, um, and this is where you know me and Brian talked and that's it's great that Train Heroic has those uh, instructional videos. Um, because we want to, we want to train, we want to load the movement heavy, but by doing it correctly. So if we do something and, you know, we're doing five reps and on, you know, we'll say, we'll just say squat, uh, just cause that's like the simplest. And on the fourth rep, I notice oh, my knee is, is moving, you know, four inches from my left knee is moving four inches from going outside and kind of tweaking in, bending up. Uh, that's not, that's not practicing the movement with good form. And the last, you know, that's not, that's not ideal. So we want to push within reason to, Hey, can we safely perform this exercise and can I do it correctly with the load? And and it's better to start conservatively than go too hard because you will make way more progress way quicker uh, on the conservative end than if you go way too hard, end up, you Know even with a, a pulled muscle or something like that, and then shoot, you're out for a week or two, if not more. Um, so and that's that's one of the key things is um, if you're not comfortable with movements, uh, and this is where you know, like I can help too. Um, as far as video analysis, uh, if you're in the close to me, I'm uh, I don't know, can I do a can I plug myself right now? <laughs>
1: Of course you can, Waylon, so to say something yeah, about
0: it. So, so I'm out in a steamy valley. So if you're close, we can do, you know, walk through movements, uh, make sure everything looks good. On the flip side, same thing with video analysis online uh, for those people who are farther away. Um, but just so we can correct if you're like, something doesn't feel right, I'm not comfortable. Um, you just like I said, we always want to play it conservative because the goal is, Once again, it's not to, it's to move the most weight safely to get the maximum adaptation so we can transfer it to the bike. Not so we can, not to ego lift and be like, oh, well, you know, I did, I did this, but well, now I'm injured and now I'm off the bike. And now it's, you know, the goal, like I said, the goal is always to complement that. And to do that, we need to, got to lift safely. And so if something feels wrong, you're not sure about something, reach out to me for help. reach out to Brian, you know, reach out to somebody, um, because like I said, it's, it's crucial to do it correctly, to get the training adaptations to where you're not like, oh, well now like I got an achy knee and like today's bike (laughs) rides or, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, we just want to practice good movements and, and focus those movements, allow the musculature that should be trained during those movements to be trained by doing the movement.
1: I love that. I I love that. So, The long and the short of it is if we can wrap this all up into a package it's it's going to the gym is going to look a little different we're doing low reps high weight few sets long rest okay so that's number one piece of the pie that everyone has to do number two we're doing concurrent weight lifting with strength training with cycling which means that they're very focused efforts that should not take away from your cycling so you can do what essentially all the triathletes do, which is double days, but we're going to do it in a, a, a very sensible way for cycling, okay? So that's that's kind of the opening there. The second thing, okay, is that r- the weight matters and lifting heavy matters, which means that form is important. So this is not, and I, and I want to be very clear to all of you at home listening to this, because I have a pretty good finger on the pulse for who listens to this, and you are someone who gets after it. You, If you are listening to this podcast, I know you get after it. I know you give your best. I know you want to push hard. I know you want to progress as rapidly as possible, and then you're willing to do the work, okay? I know this, and that's why I'm talking in asking Sean to be extra precautionary because we don't want to hurt you. We want your 2020 to be the best season of cycling yet, okay? To do that, it's better for us to be a little more conservative. I don't want you to hear that what I'm saying to you is I don't think you're capable. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is you're wildly capable, but let's let's not be cavalier here. You are also capable of hurting yourself. You know how I know that? Because you and I are a lot alike, and I hurt myself. So that's how I know that what we need to do is take a little bit more of a soft approach, okay? You're not gonna gain mass if you all of a sudden are lifting a lighter weight but still in that three to five rep range, okay? So don't think that it has to be, it's just not gonna be as big of a boost on uh, the muscle recruitment side of things. So I really want people to take that home from our discussion today that, that we're playing the long game here, We're investing in the long term here. And this is something we want to integrate strength training. We're going to do future podcasts about this, uh, integrating strength training into the season. Right now we're doing a very off season focused program because the majority of our folks are going to be holidays. That's just what's going on. But as we get into January, February, March, we're going to get into some different types of strength training and supplemental strength training. Okay. So we're going to get into all those things. Uh, Waylon anything that you want to add anything you feel like we missed
0: yeah just I mean just for the people like we said playing the long game because we're intro getting everyone up to speed on the movements there is that's why I said there is some there is some more volume where it's not all three to five reps if you you know for those who have the program and you're like why is he doing this we're progressing to get ready for that, you know at end season so this is this is a build-in, get everyone, like you said, conservative, get everyone ready. There's some assistance exercises, and that's where, you know, the step-ups, the lunges. Um, you'll see it's, you want to push, but the goal, the goal for especially like the second month is the jumps and the squats. It's kind of the main core. Everything else is, you know, assistant to that, to continue to help that, um, and the, and the goal is, like you said, there's there's so much time for progression and for weight, and you're gonna everyone's gonna progress quickly, um, but just don't force it and let that, you know, really focus now, especially during these first, uh, like I said, for those who have the plan, these first two months to really build into it, you know, like there's not a rush to to go crazy. The program's designed to to build into it. Um, and then, so we can just keep growing from there and really get into more and more of, you know, the whole, what we've talked about on the podcast. So don't freak out if you're like, there is more volume than, you know, there's sets of eight and sets of 10. Uh, we're well aware of that, you know, it is, uh, time of season to develop and build that, that ground and foundation, uh, through repetitive, uh, movement, that motor learning of the movements, uh. And to basically just build that base to springboard into uh, more and more training. Like I said, what we talked about. Um, So, yeah, I guess I just don't want people to freak out. (laughs) They see and they're like, oh, there's some more assistance. So this, these first few are, you know, the rest might be a little shorter. And uh, during that, so you will maybe feel probably the closest you'll feel to your Aerobic training, I feel like, then that you will, and as the we progress on, and does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think everyone, everyone's got that. All right, Waylon, we already, we always close these things out with some closing gratuity. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Tell me what you're thankful for. Doesn't have to be cycling related, because you know I know you're not riding all that much these days, but you still are riding. So like, what are you? What are the things that you're thankful for? Anything? Shoot from the hip.
0: Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I know this is crazy, but I'm I'm super thankful you reached out um and we you know started talking about this because like I said, there was, I've been going through I know when I quit quit cycling I really fell off the map um because I was burned out and coming back, you know, to cycling uh within the last year of like starting to ride more and more uh and really enjoy it again. Obviously I'm not doing the volume uh that I used to, but the but the bikes become uh you know a, a great outlet for me again and I really appreciate that and just like kinda like okay hey like I have all this now I have all this background you know and applied knowledge in, in cycling and from schooling and it's like how do I blend that uh in to help others and that's something that I've I've been thinking about and then boom you reached out and I was like you gotta be kidding me uh and it, so that, I was super stoked about that. Um, man, I'm, I guess I'm just grateful for uh, lifting's going well for me. I had a little bit of a shoulder injury earlier in July and things, things are going back up. Um, yeah, grateful. Uh, <laughs> there's so many things, man. Family, family. I got a nephew now. Uh, yeah. Things are things are good.
1: Good. Good. Well, I'm super, super excited that you decided and agreed to do this and that you have a great depth of knowledge that that, that we can tap here as a family of athletes here at Big Wheel Coaching. And one thing that I'm particularly thankful for, um, anyone that followed my social media here, I did a, a race called the Quick and Dirty Filthy Fifty, and that was the last weekend. And I had a number of fairly embarrassing mechanical issues. I was given some advice to put bigger tires on, and I apologize. I know I say proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance, but as a uh, as a dad, I'm still trying to grapple with time, and so I did not put bigger tires on, and I blew my tires apart. So I would not have been able to finish that race, and that to me. For everyone listening at home, that's a very big deal because at the end of the day, I may not be the best, but I will always finish. Kind of always the way I look at it, and uh, I truly would not have been able to finish. I'm telling you, I put my bike on my back and ran, ran for two miles to get to one aid station because I've done some stupid stuff. But anyway, my point is, there were two. There was a whole lot of people in the mountain bike scene that helped me. One gentleman I want to highlight, and it was a, a, him and his buddy. And I can't remember their names because they were from south of the border. They were from Mexico. Believe it or not, they were friends of a former teammate of mine, Edder Frere, who just won the tour of Southland in New Zealand, uh, which a former teammate of mine, uh, James Piccoli, just won, or won two years ago, rather. So it was a really small world that basically, because I was you know roommates with Edder, this guy was like, oh, Brian, I know exactly who you are. We'll get you back on the road. So He got me back on the road. And then at some point later, I blew through all that and I needed another tube. And then another group at, a, at an aid station. I can't remember the gentleman, but he was so, so thankful, so helpful, gave me a tube. And then I couldn't use this tube because I had these arrow wheels that need a, a, an extender, right? And this random gentleman, his name was Joe, and I need to find him. I'm gonna look him up. I'm gonna send him some Big Wheel Coaching swag, okay? Because he's had a valve extender so that I could do it. So the long and the short of it is never mind the mess that was the filthy 50 for me. Cause it was a great event. And if you ever get to do a quick and dirty event, I highly, highly recommend you do it. Just be more prepared than I was. And so what I would say is I am so thankful for everyone that pays it forward. I'm so thankful for you at home because I know I'm talking to you because you've been the ones that have helped me or you've helped others. When you pay it forward, I'm just incredibly thankful for that, whether it's a valve stem, whether it's let, letting someone use a tool or stopping and giving somebody a tube out of your bike, like the gentleman from south of the border did from, um, he's from actually, I think he was from Tijuana. Now that I think about it, but anyway, that being said, I'm really thankful for that. That just, that's just kind of standard fare mountain bike races. And it's been a long time since I've been to a mountain bike race. So to all of my mountain bike friends out there, who pay it forward. Thank you. And to all my road friends and gravel friends out there that pay it forward, know that uh, you made it possible for someone like me who's a knucklehead um, to finish a race and keep that going. Because I would have been extremely, extremely disappointed if I wouldn't have been able to finish. Like I said, I ran two miles. So thank you for that. Waylon, anything else? Any closing thoughts? Anything you feel like we need to add for our folks before we get them on the road?
0: um man no i mean i'm excited to uh to kind of start this journey and get feedback from everyone and kind of grow and um uh, yeah and just excited to see you know where this goes and where this evolves um and to hear uh hear just mucho success stories um yeah, I was trying to think of like an embarrassing story to share from our cycling days, but honestly, I don't have one <laughs> off the top of my head. You, have,
1: you first off, first off, you have them. Okay. I have pictures of you cycling in a banana costume. Okay. I remember when you were oh. in a, in a, you, you were trying to cut some weight. And so all you were doing was eating bananas. And I remember staying over at your house when we were doing some races together and there was literally eight bananas in a clump. And I guess that's what you would call a banana grouping, a cluster of bananas. <laughs> Those were your breakfast. Eight bananas was no, your breakfast. Okay. And no, I was no, like, no,
0: no. I've never eaten eight bananas at once bro, in a day it was, five to ten.
1: Bro, bro, it was it was eight. I'm telling you. You don't be don't <laughs> oh, be blushing God. in front of everybody. I'm telling you right now. We the were over at your house. There was a on. whole Yeah, there was a cluster <laughs> of them. And I was over at your house. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, like Waylon got bananas for everybody for breakfast. Like we all, the whole team was staying at your house. We were going to some race and you were like, oh, no, no, those are mine. You guys like, uh, you guys can have some oatmeal here. Right. And I was like, damn dog. Like you're, you're you're taking this weight loss seriously. So maybe it wasn't eight. Maybe it was six. But I'm telling you, it was a whole bunch. It was a whole thing. There was a whole thing. I thought it was for everyone.
0: Oh, spoiler alert. The weight loss didn't work.
1: <laughs> no
0: no it, it oh, only man. made you
1: cranky it only made yeah. you cranky there That's
0: were some true. good times i still i still remember when i, I broke the, the 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 vent in the van the ac vent do you remember that when we were in a uh, minneapolis yes and you were like whole cans over here <laughs> just smashed in the team van the bits. <laughs> do you remember that one
1: of course I remember that one. So for everyone at home, the notorious team van stories, uh they don't have very good air conditioning in the back. So if you're in the back, that means you drew the short straw and you didn't you don't get to ride in the front. Luckily you I'm were usually old. <laughs> yes, and you're burning up cuz it's like there's no ventilation back there. And so usually I am driving this thing. That's usually how it works out until we've had mechanics recently. But usually it was me driving it. And therefore, everyone screamed and turned the air conditioning on. And somebody couldn't keep their whole cans off the vent and ripped the vent out of the ceiling, which was a problem. And I believe I believe it was later considered my fault somehow. I'm not (laughs) entirely sure, but I can tell you from watching your whole cans rip that thing out instead of just turning them ever so gently.
0: Well, I have. Yeah, I busted it in because then I got stuck because then I was like, you're like whole cans you can't pull it out and we couldn't get the vent it like broke in i think and we couldn't pull it back out right cuz i was like there's going gonna, gonna to be a plastic thing wiggling around in the vents <laughs> and then i think we yeah, i and, think you came in the back and then that's when you're, you you saved the day like always <laughs> fixing everything <laughs> but uh, Do, for oh those man. of
1: you at home that, that can't quite fully grasp what we're talking about there's usually like eight people too many in the team van with a whole bunch of trainers, we were, we were back at a race in Minneapolis. So it's really, really hot and really, really humid. So if you're in the back of the van with all the, you know, all the stuff right to get us to the race, cause we have eight bikes on top. Cause it's not just the six riders that are there. You have two extra bikes, you know, for extras and you probably have a couple of extras there. So every, there's literally 10 bikes on the roof. You've got everybody's crap and everybody inside the van. And you're usually going through the epicenter of the city, which was downtown Minneapolis for the North Star Grand Prix. And you're trying to follow the team car, which is very nimble, very fast, and has no one in it. Why it ever had anybody in it? We'll let you at home decide. So we were trying to keep up with this <laughs> thing flying through here. Everyone's complaining it's too hot. And Sean decides he's going to use his Hulk hands and break the Dane vent. And uh, so there you go. That was Sean, you were you were young and wild then. You were young and wild. <laughs> now you're I mean uh, now you're just I old and like, swole.
0: Yeah. I, oh my gosh. I still okay, well then let's let's share one of you because I'll never forget this one. Is when we okay. were driving back from Boise and uh we were we were getting close to UKIPA and by that time what was it like a fourteen hour drive? <laughs> like straight through yeah. from Boise to your house? Yes. We went we did that like weekend trip. Yeah. wasn't that yeah you yeah do you oh, remember yeah. no, no trust me we i i
1: remember back. i drove i remember
0: <laughs> i know and you lost you were like got like went road crazy and you were like talking to yourself the last like hour because <laughs> i was laying in the i i think who else it was me you i think chris barton was there and oh then yeah was it Ule? was there, Ule was there for four of us had that.
1: yeah
0: Bro, was yeah. and i remember he like laying through. down and then all of a sudden i'm hearing you talking and i like look up and you're talking to yourself and like talking to traffic and i was like what is <laughs> we were just like 14 hour drive yeah oh my gosh that was a well yeah, thanks a
1: thanks for that I, I hope that i hope i was saying something intelligent but it was probably some four-letter <laughs> words laced with we've got to get this we got and, we've got to we've got to push on we've got yeah, to push on i mean I'm
0: not, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna incriminate and say what was coming out it was it was pretty comical oh though.
1: oh but it's 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 scarred in your memory so you know what was said
0: i don't remember exactly but it was it was the ramblings of uh of somebody who's been driving way too long on the road and needed, a, <laughs> and needed to get out of the car
1: yeah oh those were the days those were the days well anyway okay so for everyone hopefully you were entertained by that and you were educated by mr wayland he has a great uh business called simple fitness by sean we ask that you check that out like it check it out see what you uh what you think if you have questions reach out to him directly of course you can always get him through 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 us as well Um, We have a pedal industry store. What is a pedal industry store? If you just look under Collections, there will be a Big Wheel Coaching collection, and they'll have this really cool race day bag. There's some changing mats and changing uh, ponchos and shorts, or uh, excuse me, not shorts, um, socks and hats and some other Big Wheel Coaching swag, so super cool stuff. And uh, all of our VR7 cycling clothing should have been sent out and delivered this week uh earlier in this week so everyone should have that second shipment of big wheel coaching stuff if you haven't please hit us up or or let us know because we want to make sure you have that and send us a picture or tag us in something because we of course would love to see you guys wearing it it's just like i'm still humbled that people are buying this stuff and 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 wearing it it looks so good it looks so good So anyway thank you very much everyone for listening waylon thank you for your time and we look forward to doing more podcasts with you waylon and we look forward to Hearing more success stories about people lifting heavy stuff,
0: later.